Hi everyone, welcome back to the Our Playground podcast. I'm your host, Ali Finn. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite people to follow on social media, Rachel Shea. She's a full-time model, content creator, and medical student, and her content is truly unmatched. She does all things lifestyle, beauty, fashion, you name it. In this episode, we talk all things modeling, how she got started, her experience in the industry, as well as what it has been like growing her TikTok. We also get into her recommendations for first-time readers. She has the coolest bookshelf, by the way, why she turns down almost 75% of the brands that reach out, and her advice when it comes to setting boundaries. I hope you love this episode. If you do, be sure to follow and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. Now, let's welcome Rachel onto our playground. Hi, everyone. Today, we're joined by Rachel Shea, and I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I love your TikTok, and my I told my friend that you were coming on the show, and she was so excited. So. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's so good to be here. I It's always really nice to put, like, names to faces of, like, usernames or, like, people that I've met on the internet, and so when you asked me to do this, I was like, that's such a cool opportunity, and I'm so excited to cat all things content creating and modeling yes so i kind of just want you to give everyone kind of an introduction to who you are and like what you do yeah so my name is rachel i'm 23 years old i live in philadelphia pennsylvania on the east coast and i'm a full-time model content creator and i'm also a student um my background is actually in healthcare, so content creating and modeling kind of like took me by surprise. It wasn't something that I considered pursuing full time until recently. Um, But I started modeling when I was 15 and I kind of had an unconventional start. Um, And now here we are eight years later. So That's so cool. Um, I would love to hear more about like growing up and like what the family dynamic was like. Yeah, so I'm the middle of three girls. I have an older sister and a younger sister. So it was a very like girl, girl power household. And um, yeah, I'm really close with my parents. It's been really interesting because I, I've lived outside of the house for over two years now. But as soon as you move out and you realize like, I'm not going to live with my sisters again, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, knife to the heart kind of thing. So um, I definitely miss miss living at home sometimes, but I'm pretty like 20 minutes away. So it's a hop, skip and a jump. <laughs> that's so that's super close, which is, you know, good. Um, are yeah. You, like, are you close with your sisters? Because I have I have wait, three younger sisters and two younger brothers. But wow, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of siblings. Yeah. And you're the oldest. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny because growing up, um, I feel like the dynamic consistently changes. Like there was a period in time where I was um, closer with my older sister and my younger sister and I would butt heads all the time. And, you know, it just kind of cycles through that, like growing up. And now that we're all older, we are so close. Like, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I'm not talking to one of them. Um, But I'm texting them all the time. We're actually going on a sister trip um, this weekend, which I'm super excited for. And yeah, I feel like we definitely got closer as we got older. Yeah. I mean, that's what my mom tells me all the time. Yeah. (laughs) She also has, she's also the middle of three girls. So that's Mm -hmm. what she tells me all the time. And I'm like, 
okay thanks i know you just gotta like wait in there because growing up like especially my younger sister and she'll probably listen to this and and laugh but we used to really get into it and but now we look back on that and we laugh and it's it's pretty funny so. yeah <laughs> so did modeling or social media come first for you for me you know it, they kind of go hand in hand i would say that social media came first um when I was in high school, like early high school, I was really interested in being behind the camera, not in front of it. Um, I, I really like was into like this whole aesthetic of like creating a feed and like having a curatorial eye. And I just really liked taking pictures of things that I thought looked nice. And yeah, I think I kind of had a social media presence before I ever started modeling. And then now they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, um, like, how did you first get your first, like, get your foot into modeling? Because I feel like that's a industry where, like, you kind of know how it works, but also, like, if you're an outsider, like, you don't actually know how you get started. So you could explain. Yeah. So my my older sister actually was a model um, when I was in high school, and she wasn't signed with. Um, like an agency she just did a lot of freelance stuff but through her I like kind of learned how the modeling industry works like how to do it professionally and things like that and I got my start actually because a photographer that she worked with um found my Instagram and was like I'd love to shoot your sister and at the time I think I was 15 and I had never considered being in front of the camera before and I was super awkward and like shy and I, I didn't really know what to do, but from then on, I was like, you know, I think I really like this. And I started just doing freelance jobs, working with um, other creatives in Philadelphia. And I didn't start doing it professionally until literally like just a couple months ago. <laughs> and I got scouted then on TikTok, actually. My mother agent found me on TikTok, so. <laughs> That's super cool. Um... I would love to know, like, what type of content were you, like, first posting when you, before you got signed with the agency? Yeah, so at first, it's really funny. I, I downloaded TikTok, and I followed a lot of accounts that were, like, just aesthetic, like, home videos where you didn't really even show your face a lot. It was just kind of, like, morning routine videos or, like, cleaning videos. And so when I first downloaded TikTok, I was making a lot of videos like that or even videos about books. And they didn't really pick up, like, well, like, they didn't perform super well. And then one day, just as, like, I was just getting ready so, for fun. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to record myself getting ready, like, doing my makeup. And it, like, blew up. <laughs> and I think, actually, like, the first video to really blow up was this, like, unrelated, like, home DIY project my boyfriend and I did. And it got, like, 6.6 million views or something. But besides that... Um, my like content creating platform like started around like these like get ready with me videos that I started doing and I was like oh like people like seeing my face for some reason and so then that's kind of how I got into the niche of like beauty and fashion and like what I do now yeah that's super cool um like what are some things that before you went into modeling and like social media you didn't know and then you were kind of like were there any things that kind of surprised you? 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. So many things um, took me by surprise. I think more so with like content creating. So like content creators always say like, it's so much work that like people don't see. And I never really knew what they meant by that. And now I totally get it (laughs) because with content creating, um, you know, you work with a lot of brands and sometimes it's like gifted, sometimes it's a paid campaign. And there is so much like back and forth, like before the video even gets posted. So usually a brand will reach out to me and they'll say like, hey, like this is what we're looking for. They'll send me a brief and then a contract will take place. You know, you negotiate deliverables or your rate or whatever. And leading up to like the video being posted, they're usually emailing about like key points they want you to hit or um, like the aesthetic of the video that they're looking for. And then like revisions happen. So you like record the video, usually it goes back and forth a couple of times um, and they'll ask you to make revisions, whether it's the voiceover or the actual clip themselves. And it's a long process. Like it usually takes like a couple of weeks overall and then the video gets approved and then everyone sees like a 30 second video. So I was like surprised. I was like, you know, these are like, like usually I'm, I'm on my laptop working and it's like hours a day that I'm just fully communicating and I didn't anticipate that um, it would be like involved that way so that was like surprising to me I think yeah I think especially because like the content that you post whether it's like a picture on like Instagram or like a 30 second video like people only see that much and so it just doesn't cross your mind if you're just consuming it you're like oh that must have you know been easy to do um Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you first, like, how did brands start reaching out to you? And when did that, like, real, like, when you started getting paid to do content creation start? Yeah, so I started, like, really doing TikTok, like, seriously in January. Um, and that was just, like, for fun. And then around March, April is when I started doing, like, the Get Ready With Me videos and, like, things started to pick up really fast. And so it was around March and April that um, I started getting paid to do TikTok. And it's interesting, like I just put my email in my bio, like someone was like, oh, you just have to have your email in your bio. And so I put my email in my bio and then all of a sudden like brands were just reaching out to me. And um, I was like, I don't even know how to keep up with these emails. Like it was a lot of just emails. Um, so it just kind of happened organically. And sometimes there's a brand that I really like, like Glossier or something that like I'll personally reach out to. Um, but for a majority of the brands, I would say they just email me. And then, yeah, I started doing it like March, April, but I didn't start doing it full time until like three weeks ago. So now I'm doing it full time. I always thought you like were full time yeah. like, since like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I was always really scared to pursue modeling and content creation full time. For me, like I worked in healthcare for four years. And so like medicine and I was also nannying, like I had a couple different jobs that and school was always like my priority. And then like modeling and content creating was always kind of just like a hobby because I was really scared to like make that jump. Like, okay, I'm going to do it full time because I wasn't sure how stable it was. Um, but I just made the jump to do it full time just a couple weeks ago. And it's been a really like rewarding experience so far. 
yeah when you were younger what did you want to do when you grew up like did you have like any ideas or were you just like go with the flow type thing yeah so I've actually always wanted to pursue medicine um when I was younger my grandparents on my mom's side they immigrated here from the Philippines and my grandpa became a doctor and my grandma was a nurse and they built an addition onto their home and it was like a family practice for the community and growing up like I would go to my grandparents house all the time they lived really close by and I would see them practice medicine all the time and I was like oh like this is what I want to do so in college that's what I study now um, I just decided to apply to graduate school for next fall for physician assistant um, so yeah like I never expected to like work full time as a model or content creating, but now I'm like, I want to see how far I can take it this year before grad school and then like kind of decide from there. But when I was younger, it was like always medicine. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's way different from modeling and content creation, mm -hmm. like in a way, like, you know, yeah. like I feel like modeling and content creation are like completely creative things, whereas medicine is more you know it's you have like all of the studies and research done before you and you mm -hmm. kind of it's more structured I feel like yeah it, it really is like wild because they're completely different worlds and when I worked in medicine um like every once in a while like a coworker would like look me up on social media and they'd be like we didn't know like about this whole other side of you and then like vice vice versa like people on um TikTok and Instagram are always like, oh, like, I didn't know you studied medicine or that you worked in healthcare for four years. It's like two completely different sides of me. And I always say that, like, my analytical side and my creative side are always, like, at war with each other. They're just so different. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think for me, I love anything creative. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I was younger, I was super, like, analytical. I loved math and science. I hated like writing and like art and whatever and now I feel like it's changed which I think is interesting mm -hmm. um I don't know it's just something I think about that's just I know and like a lot of people like from school they're like wow <laughs> it's funny like I can't believe you make these TikToks like that's so interesting like mm -hmm. or like this podcast um I feel like if like my younger self would be so shocked to know that I have a podcast yeah it's like I was super shy when I was younger I know it's like this weird pipeline of being like 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 shy and like really withdrawn and then like all of a sudden like you know posting on social media or having a podcast it takes a lot of confidence it takes a lot of bravery and I think the hardest thing for me was coming out of my shell and feeling comfortable like putting myself out there on the internet um and it definitely was like a period of time. Like it was a slow burn that I eventually just like got more comfortable with it. But yeah, it was a work in progress. Yeah. Um, what are your tips for like, you know, putting yourself out there, especially when it comes to, you know, you model and that takes a lot of like confidence in yourself, mm -hmm. but also, you know, you, you deal with all these other people around you who are like watching your moves and everything. Yeah, I've definitely been on some modeling sets where it can be like overwhelming, you know, they have several lighting people and they've got creative directors and stylists and then like multiple photographers and other models and everyone's just usually 
in this big group. Um, so it can definitely be overwhelming. And to me, I always say this, I always say that modeling sometimes, and I, I'm not an actor or an actress, but to me, like modeling sometimes feels like being an actor or an actress, like depending on what you're shooting, I always try to match that vibe. So like, if I'm shooting, like they swimwear, it's like, I'm a beachy California girl for a day, <laughs> you know, like, I try to like, I try to like adopt the personality that they want to shine through in the photos or like I've done like wedding photography. So like, I, you know, I try to think like, what, like, how would I feel? Like, how would I pose on my wedding day? And I feel like thinking that way, like putting myself in the shoes of like what we're shooting that day really helps me to feel like comfortable. Um, but it definitely takes a little bit for it to feel natural because it's an unnatural process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would I would assume so especially even like when you're posting like your first video it feels so weird mm -hmm. to like watch it back and like I feel like I don't know when I do these interviews and like these conversations like after I do them it feels like it never happened but then I go to edit them and I'm just like I said that stuff it's like I heard this on another podcast um like last week it's like when I talk about myself, I just black out. Or like when I'm, you know, having a conversation, I just black out and then I forget everything I said. I just think it's kind of funny. I know, that's why I'm like excited about this because um, for social media also, a lot of brands like wanna have meetings with you or calls with you like about a video or a campaign. So recently, like I've, I've been doing a lot of like meetings and, and video calls and such and it's the same thing. Like afterwards, I like black out. I'm like, I don't remember like anything that I said. <laughs> but with a podcast, it's going to be really interesting to like hear it back and be like, oh, that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the guests, um, they don't like to hear it back, um, which I think is, is fair for sure. And like, I hate editing because then I have to hear my voice <clears throat> and it's just really cringy sometimes. <laughs> I know everyone says that everyone's always like I hate I hate hearing my voice and I get it too because like a lot of um, content creating like a lot of brands want voiceovers and that was really hard for me like because up until that moment all of my videos like my get ready with me videos it was just music it was like very relaxing and peaceful so figuring out how to do a voiceover was like oh, so scary and I was like why does it sound like that <laughs> like I was I would do it and feel so confident and be like, yeah, and like hit the check mark. And then like, I'd listen to it and be like, no, like that's not how I feel like I just did that. <laughs> yeah. It's also kind of like acting too, because you have to like put on a certain kind of vibe about you mm -hmm. in order to make the video, <clears throat> you know, be put together. Yeah. And that's always interesting too. Like um, there have been people who, I, this actually happened to me more in California. I was just in LA for two months and I was at the Grove for the first time too. Um, I went to Brandy Melville and Barnes and Noble and uh, somebody recognized me at the Grove and that's only happened to me like a handful of times, but it really like took me by surprise. I was like, oh, and then um, the girl was like, I didn't, I didn't know like, um, like I didn't know what to expect like meeting you in person, but you're so nice. And she was like, not that I expected you to not be nice, like based on your TikToks or anything, but like, it's always interesting to like, see like what people think of you before like meeting you. 
um, and like if it matches up or not, you know? <laughs> so what's like your process for creating content and how you like how you choose which brands to reach out? Because mm-hmm. you said you get a lot of emails like when you first started and like how do you choose the brands that you want to work with? Yeah, so part of it is logistics based. Um, and then part of it is just like overall um, how it's going to interact with my audience. So I definitely get a ton of emails and I would say like 75% of them I turn down. Um, and the reason why is because I feel like part of TikTok is, and I've made the mistake where like I've done ads that I wasn't super passionate about and then like they sh- it shows and it doesn't perform super well, whether it's because I'm not passionate about it or because it's just not what my audience is used to seeing. So I started to be more selective with the brands that I worked with because I really wanted to vouch for brands and products that I personally have already used or that I know of. Like recently I've worked with Tatcha and um, they've asked me to work with them again. And I've used Tatcha like all throughout high school. And like, that's a brand that I feel I can personally vouch for and advertise and feel good about because I know their products. Um, and then I also keep my audience in mind, like, how is this going to reflect me? And like, is this going to be something my audience enjoys? Like, if I had a brand reach out to me about like, hardware tools, I'm like, okay, like, this is going to be like real out of the blue. Um, so usually I work with brands that are like home decor, beauty, um, fashion, and then if it fits that um, kind of criteria, then I look at it from a logistics standpoint, like, Um, What usage rights do they want? Do they want exclusivity? Um, How many deliverables do they want? Like, are they going to be a good brand to work with organically? And that's kind of the process that happens there. I think that's super cool because earlier you talked about, you know, you have your analytical side and your creative side and kind of when you are choosing the brands you work with, you're choosing, you're looking at like creative side as in like, how is this going to resonate? with your followers and your community and then you're looking at the analytics of it like how is this going to perform and like Mm -hmm. the numbers wise so I think that's super cool that's a good way of putting it I actually never thought of it that way um but yeah I think like I'm realizing more and more that um my boyfriend Jeremiah but I call him Maya he was saying I think you're more of an entrepreneur than you realize and I'm starting to realize that myself like I love kind of being my own boss and like making my own schedule um, and kind of having more autonomy over what I'm doing. And that definitely plays into the analytical side more. And it's not something that I thought I would use as much in content creating, but I definitely do. Yeah. So what's like your dream brand to work with if like? So, hmm. well, one of them just came true yesterday. I love Glossier. I've (gasps) been a Glossier girl for so long. um, And I can't talk specifics, but I will be working with them. And I'm really excited about that because I organically like already use Glossier, like tried and true. I've probably tried every single one of their products at this point. Um, But I love them. And then I feel like another brand I would love to work with would be like urban outfitters home like i love their home decor and i think that that'd be like so fun to do yeah i'm obsessed with your apartment 
It's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been like an ongoing project, and it wasn't until I moved out for the first time that I realized that like interior design is like something that I love to do. So it's been really fun, like decorating the new space. Yeah. So I know we're like kind of jumping all over the place, but like in the modeling industry, how do you? What are like some of the challenges that you've gone through? You know, because I feel like that can modeling can be really toxic for some people um you know I've heard you know stories and everything so yeah um you know it's funny because I got into it young but I didn't pursue it full-time or like at the level at which I'm pursuing it currently um and people always ask me like do you wish that you pursued it sooner or like younger and I'm always like no um because personally when I started modeling I really didn't have like any leadership skills I didn't really know how to set professional boundaries and now I feel like I can advocate for myself in a way that younger me could not um and modeling is really hard in that way I don't do any like nudity um like that's always off the table for me and when I first started and when I met with my first big agency this was years ago they were like that's never gonna work like if you ever want to be like a serious model you kind of have to be open to everything um, and that same meeting with that agency, they also told me I was too short, um, that I could never model if I was in college, that I'd have to drop out, um, that I'd have to move to New York City. Like, they just really wanted, like, a lot of sacrifices, and I'm glad I turned them down. Like, I didn't, and I feel like a lot of young models will be, like, they want it so bad that they're willing to be, like, yeah, like, anything. Um, so doing it now, like, as a you know, in my early 20s, I find that I'm glad I waited because now I have a really great team that aligns with, you know, what I want, what kind of work I want, and they're really supportive and encouraging. But that never would have come along if I just said yes to like, the first agency that wanted to represent me. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I think it's also about just setting boundaries and like, still like keeping like your worth and not like giving yourself to yeah you know the first person that you know wants you so you're still in school like how do you balance being a student being a model being a content creator because that's a lot of things yeah um it's just it's definitely a lot and like this time last year I was also like working in the COVID ICU so I was like doing medicine modeling, content creating school, it was a lot. Um, and I feel like I've always just been someone who's been good at multitasking. Google Calendar saved my life so much. If Google Calendar shut down for a day, I would just shut down for a day, I don't know. Um, but I think it's just planning things out ahead of time and really sticking to a schedule that works best for me. Um, I graduate in the spring and then grad school would be in the fall if I got in, but um yeah balancing school and work is always really challenging but I always I think it's hard with like modeling and content creating because the schedule is so sporadic and like last minute and school is very regimented so like there were times early on in my academic career where I'd have like a big exam and then like I would have a shoot like book a shoot like really last minute and they were always butting heads. And so I made the decision to prioritize school and like school and my schedule comes first. And then like modeling and content creating fits in the gap. And that has really helped me to prioritize like what to do. Yes. 
I I really love that and for me also I find I love Google Calendar and I'm obsessed with my Google Calendar I like have like all these custom colors and it's so fun (laughs) I think I like I honestly like planning everything out than actually doing it Mm -hmm. like sticking to the schedule if I'm being honest yeah it can be it can be challenging and there are days that I'm like super productive and like have a set plan and like execute it and there are other days that I'm like I just want to eat my cookie dough in bed and like not do anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like what's your I know you share on TikTok like like all the time but what's like your skincare and beauty routine yeah so for skincare um this product specifically is my tried and true I use the Glossier Milky Jelly Cleanser um, every single night to take my makeup off. For, like I've used it every night for the past like seven years. So like I will, I will never use like any other makeup remover, but I use that to take my makeup off. Then I cleanse with the Youth to the People Green Tea Kale Cleanser. Um, and then I use this hydrating serum from Aesop, which I love. I love Aesop so much. And then I use um, this Tatcha moisturizer that's new and then retinol. Um, and then in the morning, I usually just wash my face with cold water in the morning, actually. And then I use uh, vitamin C from Aesop and then the same moisturizer from Tatcha and then SPF. Yes, I love that. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love your like re- your get ready with me is because they're just there's some I feel like there's so many of those out there but like yours mm-hmm. I feel like there's something about it and I'm sure like ever, all your of your community can agree with it like I don't know there's just something about it that's just so like simple yet like just perfect mm-hmm. oh well thank you it's it's funny because when when my makeup video started doing really well I, I'm also not a huge makeup person. So it was really surprising to me that like, (laughs) that like now I'm like a beauty content creator, because if I'm being honest, I only know how to do like one makeup look and it's the one I do every day. Like it's really simple and I've always done my makeup the same way. And so something that I've learned from content creating and TikTok was like, um, like now I watch like makeup tutorials myself and like watch other beauty creators because I'm like I'm doing the same thing every day and like people will be like oh you should do like eyeshadow or eyeliner or like these other things and I'm like okay I just have to learn how to do that first um so I'm still learning it's 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 a learning curve that's super cool so you're also a reader and I mean I saw your bookshelf which is absolutely impeccable like that is like up every book lover's dream like having a rainbow bookshelf um mm-hmm. what are like some recommendations for first-time readers because I feel like I used to be a huge reader when I was younger like like read like all the time like hours a day and then mm-hmm. I feel like in middle school it got to the like to where like you had to read because you know in your English class and then <clears throat> over like qu- quarantine I like reef discovered my love for reading so I would love for you to share yeah I mean it's funny because um people always are asking me like how many books a week do you read or like and and I would say like it really varies like depending on work and school and stuff like sometimes I can read a book in a day and sometimes I spend like three months reading the same book 
And, but I think what's most important is that if you have fun with it, you love what you're reading. Um, for me, I grew up reading because my mom would take me, I loved reading so much as a child that my mom would take me to a different local library every day for story time hour. Um, and my mom loves reading and she loves reading the same books that I do. So a lot of times we like swap or like we share and we talk about it. And um, just recently, my older sister also got into reading and my younger sister a little bit. So it's been fun to like give them recommendations and stuff. Um, my bookshelf is my pride and joy. I love it so much. <laughs> um, whenever I move into a new place, it's always the first thing that I set up. It's like, okay, this takes priority over like the bed. Um, but yeah, I love to read. I would say for first time readers, I love like a good fast paced page turner. Um, and I read this book, We Were Liars by, um, is it, it's something Lockhart, E. Lockhart. Um, I loved We Were Liars. And I also loved Verity by Colleen Hoover. Um, that book is kind of different than all of the other books that she's ever written, but both of them are like pretty appropriate, um, but like very fast paced um, books. And there's been times where I've been in a reading slump and then I read one of those books and it like, like got me out of here so quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read We Were Liars like in middle school and I feel like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I just wasn't in that. I was too young to understand because it mm. was very, it was a different book than what I've been reading, but Verity is on my TBR, so mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're actually, they um, just came out with like a, a pro, like a book, a second book for the We Were Liars series, like Family of, Family of Liars, and it's supposed to be like this, the story of the before. I actually haven't read that yet, so I'll Wait, probably that read that. Sounds so good. I love. I know, right? I love books that have like sequels and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so good. Super exciting. Yeah. So, to end off the episode, what's like the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Like for anything, doesn't have to be anything specific, mm -hmm. but I think the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Oh, this is a tough one. I would say, um, like, it's never too late. And a lot of people say that. Um, and growing up, like, I would always watch these videos of, like, super successful people, whether they were models or surgeons or whatever. And they, they would always say that. And um, they would always say, like, they felt like a tug on their heart about, like, a certain passion or something that they wanted to do. But, like, like, and I think I felt that way. Um, I do love medicine. I still want to pursue it. But there's always like a piece of me in the back of my mind that's like, you should do this full time. And like, this is like also a dream of yours that you could pursue. And I just never thought it would be like a reality for me personally. Um, and it's always that way. Like, it's always like, like, people are always like, I never thought that I would get here or do this. And I would always say, like, it's never too late to, like, change gears or switch passions or whatever um as long as it's what you like to do i love that so thank you rachel for coming on the show it was amazing getting to talk to you and learn more about your story and who you are you know behind the camera yeah thank you so much for having me this was so great i'm like i could talk to you all day <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Our Playground. If you enjoyed it and you love the show and you haven't already, make sure to follow and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. I really appreciate it. You can also connect with us on TikTok at Our Playground Pod and with me at Ali Fan with two N's. Once again, I'm your host, Ali Fan, and you are listening to Our Playground. <laughs>